parentingmontana.org. Backtalk. Now is the right time. As a parent or someone in a parenting role, you play an essential role in your child or teen's success. There are intentional ways to grow a healthy parent-child relationship, and growing your child or teen's skills to communicate respectfully provides a perfect opportunity. Conflict happens in families between spouses, among siblings, and between parents and children and teens. Arguing in family life is normal and expected. Backtalk can be defined as argumentative replies. Children or teens can respond in anger, hurt, frustration, in hurtful tones, or with hurtful words. But backtalk also represents a power imbalance. Children and teens are trying to rectify. Power, after all, is a basic human need. Children or teens ages 11 to 14 are building their skills in listening, empathy, assertive communication, and problem solving. Building your child or teen's skills to respond in assertive but non-aggressive ways is essential to their success. Yet anyone may face challenges with backtalk. You can't tell me what to do, your child or teen may exclaim in anger and frustration when you say no to an unsupervised party. Your child or teen's responses can press on your raw nerves, angering and upsetting you. As your child or teen develops, they will need to test their limits and the rules in order to internalize them. This can lead to power struggles between you and your children or teen. They will also have evolving emotional needs and at times lack the communication skills necessary to ask what they need. Using the steps below can help navigate this struggle with skill. These steps include specific, practical strategies along with effective conversation starters to prepare you. Why backtalk? When Montana parents were surveyed, backtalk rose to the top of the parenting challenges listed. Whether it's your 11-year-old screaming, I hate you, or your 14-year-old crying, it's all your fault when they had a fight with a friend, Establishing healthy ways of responding to life's most challenging moments that do not harm oneself or others is a vital skill your child or teen needs to thrive. Today in the short term, teaching skills to respond to upset or disagreements in healthy ways can create greater opportunities for connection, cooperation, and enjoyment. It can create trust in each other. It can create a sense of well-being and motivation to engage. Tomorrow in the long term, managing conflict in your child or teen develops a sense of safety, security, and a belief in self. Your child or teen builds skills in self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Your child or teen deepens family trust and intimacy. Five steps for managing backtalk. This five-step process helps you and your child or teen communicate during your toughest, most emotional moments in ways that do not harm. It also builds important critical life skills. The same process can be used to address other parenting issues as well. Here's a tip. These steps are done best when you and your child or teen are not tired or in a rush. Here's a tip. Intentional communication and actively building a healthy parenting relationship will support these steps. Step one, get your child or teen thinking by getting their input. You can get your child or teen thinking about healthy ways to communicate by asking them open-ended questions. You'll help prompt your child or teen's thinking. You'll also begin to better understand their thoughts, feelings, and challenges related to how they feel when confronting challenges so that you can address them. In gaining input, your child or teen has a greater stake in anything they've designed themselves. And with that sense of ownership also comes a greater responsibility for solving their own problems. Your child or teen has more motivation to work together and cooperate because of their sense of ownership. Your child or teen will be working in collaboration with you on making informed decisions, understanding the reasons behind those decisions about critical aspects of their life. Your child or teen will grow self-control, empathy, assertive communication, and problem-solving skills. Actions. Consider what challenges your child or teen in their ability to communicate in healthy ways. For example, if your child or teen is hurt or feeling rejected, is their normal reflex to lash out in self-protection? Begin by considering the following. Ask about how your child or teen feels when arguing with a family member or friend. What are some situations that make you mad or really upset? Besides anger, 
What else do you feel in these situations? Name the multiple feelings that occur. What do you notice about what's going on in your body? Name the ways that your child or teen physically experiences being upset, whether it's a red-hot face or a racing heartbeat. What are some common ways you respond when you are upset or mad? What do you think the impact is on other people when you respond that way? What are some ways you can respond when you are upset or mad that don't have a negative impact on others? Use your best listening skills. Remember, what makes a parent angry or frustrated can differ greatly from what angers or frustrates a child or teen. Listen closely to what is most concerning to your child or teen without projecting your own thoughts, concerns, and feelings. Step two, teach new skills by interactive modeling. Intense feelings like anger and hurt occur as you go about your daily life, so you may not consider their role and impact on your child or teen. Intense feelings can have a major influence on the day and on your relationship with your child or teen. Your child or teen is learning how to be in healthy relationships, and in the learning process, they will make mistakes and poor choices. How you, as a parent or someone in a parenting role, handle those moments can determine how you help build their conflict management skills. Learning about developmental milestones can help you better understand what your child or teen is experiencing. Here are some examples. 11-year-olds may push boundaries and argue with you as they assert their independence. They may argue with friends as they worry more about being liked. 12-year-olds may be edgy and moody or anger easily as they deal with increased stress from school, friends, and the perceived pressure of acting older. 13-year-olds can be highly sensitive as they work to define their independent identity while still being dependent. They may feel an even greater sense of peer pressure. 14-year-olds may act like they are invincible and like they know it all. They may get angry if they are embarrassed or rejected in front of peers and particularly in front of crushes. Teaching is different than just telling. Teaching builds basic skills, grows problem-solving abilities, and sets your child or teen up for success. Teaching also involves modeling and preventing problems. Teaching also involves modeling and practicing the positive words and tone of voice you want your child or teen to use, promoting skills and preventing problems. This is also an opportunity to establish meaningful, logical consequences for when expectations are not met. Actions. Reflect on how you currently model communication when you're upset. Any actions, words, or tones of voice you use with your child or teen will be repeated and mimicked back to you by them. If you yell, your child or teen will yell. If you criticize, your child or teen will criticize. Consider how you react to your child or teen when you are upset. Ask yourself, if my child or teen repeats back to me what I say when I am angry and in my tone of voice, will it be acceptable to me at home, in public? Consider which words, actions, and tones you want to see in your child or teen and which you do not. Next, decide what words, actions, and tones you do want to use so you are only modeling what you want to see and hear. From research, the following are fighting habits that hurt others and destroy trust in one another. In fact, these will encourage more backtalk from your child or teen. In forging healthy communications with others, including with your child or teen, these fighting habits should not be used. Do not use physical force. Using physical force in a conflict, including spanking, signals that the individual has lost control and only believes they can regain it with physical dominance. This is harmful and breaks trust. Do not talk about others negatively when they are not present. Going directly to the person with whom you have the problem is the healthiest way to address a problem. For example, when you go to one family member to complain about another, you are harming both family relationships. Do not criticize. Judging or commenting on the character of a person in the struggle hurts the other. Instead, focus your energies and words on solving the problem at hand. Do not show contempt. Using hostile humor, sarcasm, name-calling, mockery, or baiting language harms the other person. These all involve some kind of aggression or character attack with the implicit intention of causing harm. Do not become defensive or blaming. Pointing fingers and using you language is blaming. Words like always, never, or forever cannot represent the truth and break down trust. Own your feelings, enroll in the situation, and the argument will remain constructive. Do not stonewall. 
Actively refusing to listen, shutting down the argument, or giving the silent treatment harms the other person and breaks down trust. Learn to use iMessages. At a family dinner, talk about how it challenges adults and children or teens alike when arguments occur. You want to communicate in ways that do not harm one another. Share an example of an argument you've had and how each person responded without judging what they did. Now try an iMessage using that same issue. Here's the structure. I feel, insert feeling word, when you name the word or actions that upset you. Because this structure helps the individual take responsibility for their feelings and role in the problem while avoiding you blaming language. Try it out in a parent-teen argument. I feel frustrated when you keep playing and I've told you it's homework time because I feel ignored. This is a tool that can feel empowering to a child or teen so that they regain their personal power without harming you or another. Here's a tip. If your child or teen struggles to give you a feeling word, then offer them options and ask which one fit their true feelings. This helps expand their feelings vocabulary. Step three, practice to grow skills and develop habits. Your daily disagreements can be opportunities for your child or teen to practice new vital skills. If you seize those chances, practice grows vital new brain connections that strengthen each time your child or teen works hard to manage feelings, words, and choices constructively. Practice also provides important opportunities to develop consequential thinking or the ability to think ahead to the impact of a particular choice and evaluate whether it's a positive choice based on those reflections. Actions. Allow your child or teen the chance to assert their needs in small and bigger ways, like ordering for themselves in a restaurant or encouraging them to discuss a grade or problem with their teacher. Be sure and consider how you can create the conditions to support their success, like offering coaching or guided open-ended questions to prompt thinking so that your child or teen learns to become their own best problem solver. Share a range of feeling words regularly to become more comfortable with expressing feelings. Practice I messages on more challenging problems and with a range of issues, including friendship conflicts. Then, when in a heated moment, gently remind them, what might an I message sound like right now? Practice deep breathing to help calm down when you have spare moments together, like while waiting in line, driving in the car, and at bedtime. Step four, support your child or teen's development and success. At this point, you've taught your child or teen how to meet their challenges with skill and persistence, and you are allowing them to practice so they can learn how to do those new tasks well and independently. Now you can offer support when it's needed by reteaching, monitoring, coaching, and when appropriate, following through on logical consequences. Parents naturally offer support as they see their child or teen fumble with a situation in which they need help. This is no different. By providing support, you are reinforcing their ability to be successful, teaching cause and effect thinking as they address problems and conflicts, and helping them grow skills in taking responsibility. Actions. Initially, your child or teen may need active support to be able to pause in the moment. Use, let's both pause for a moment so our brains can catch up with our feelings. Make some agreements and be clear about your expectations. I want to make sure we both are clear about how we are agreeing to have this conversation. We are both committing to and to not. Recognize effort by using I notice statements like, I notice how you listened to what I had to say without interrupting. I so appreciate that. On days with extra challenges, when you can see your child or teen is frustrated or feeling irritable, proactively remind your child or teen of their strength. You can say, I know it doesn't feel like this right now, but I so appreciate how you rise to the occasion even when it is hard. Actively reflect on how your child or teen is feeling when approaching challenges. You can ask questions like, I can tell you are still hurt about what happened with your friend. What do you think you might do? Be sure to reflect on outcomes and possible choices. Apply logical consequences when needed. Logical consequences should follow soon after the behavior and need to be provided in a way that maintains a healthy relationship. Rather than punishment, a consequence is about supporting the learning process. First, get your own feelings in check. Not only is this good modeling when your feelings are in check, you are able to provide logical consequences that fit the behavior. Second, 
Invite your child or teen into a discussion about the expectations established in step two. Third, if you feel that your child or teen is not holding up their end of the bargain, unless it is a matter of them not knowing how, then apply a logical consequence as a teachable moment. Learning new behaviors to replace inappropriate behaviors takes time. Your child or teen will likely not do it right the first time, or even the second or third. That's okay. What's important is that you approach growing skills to manage conflict by understanding feelings, teaching new behaviors, and practicing all the while maintaining a healthy, supportive, loving relationship with your child or teen. Your healthy, supportive, loving relationship with your child or teen is what is most important. Here is a trap to avoid. Don't move on or nag. Children or teens often need more time to deal with their feelings and approach someone with whom they are upset. Be sure to wait long enough for your child or teen to show you they can address their problems on their own with your support. Your waiting could make all the difference in whether they are able to work through their problems. Step 5. Recognize effort and quality to foster motivation. No matter how old your child is, your praise and encouragement are their sweetest reward. If your child or teen is working to grow their skills, even in small ways, it will be worth your while to recognize it. Your recognition can go a long way in promoting positive behaviors and helping your child or teen manage their feelings. Your recognition also promotes safe, secure, and nurturing relationships, a foundation for strong communication and a healthy relationship with you as they grow. You can recognize your child or teen's effort with praise, high fives, and hugs. Praise is most effective when you name the specific behavior of which you want to see more. For example, you took a deep breath when you got upset. That is a great idea. Avoid bribes. A bribe is a promise for a behavior, while praise is special attention after the behavior. While bribes may work in the short term, praise grows lasting motivation for good behavior and effort. For example, instead of saying, if you approach your brother without saying hurtful statements, I will allow you to stay up later than your normal bedtime, which is a bribe. Try recognizing the behavior after. You approached your brother respectfully to share your feelings and needs. Love seeing that. Actions. Recognize and call out when it's going well. It may seem obvious, but it's easy not to notice when all is moving along smoothly. When your child or teen does not backtalk or stays respectful, for example, a short, specific call-out is all that's needed. I notice you pause before responding. Great work staying in control. Recognize small steps along the way. Don't wait for the big accomplishments. Remember that your recognition can work as a tool to promote more positive behaviors. Find small ways your child or teen is making an effort and let them know you see them. Build celebrations into your routine. For example, if your child or teen makes up for a poor choice by apologizing sincerely to a friend, recognize that effort. Include hugs, high fives, and fist bumps in your repertoire of ways to appreciate one another. In closing, engaging in these five steps is an investment that builds your skills as an effective parent to use on many other issues and builds important skills that will last a lifetime for your child or teen. Throughout this tool, there are opportunities for child or teens to become more self-aware, to deepen their self-awareness, to exercise their self-management skills, to work on their relationship skills, and to demonstrate and practice responsible decision-making. This is brought to you by the Offices of Child Care, SAMHSA, and Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services.